0: It's Friday night, everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton.
1: Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm John. And we're... Friday Night Games. The content creators for Friday Night Games. (laughs) We want to immerse you into our love of the hobby by educating and entertaining you through our board gaming adventures. Our podcast lands every Friday, and we create content for Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Make sure you check out our sponsor, TabletopRenaissance.ca, which is located in our hometown of Windsor, Ontario. Check out their website at TabletopRenaissance.ca for delivery options, pre-orders, and a large selection of minis.
0: On today's episode, we're going to talk about storytelling in board games. We're going to feature games from the same company, Story Machine Games, who uses this element in their games to drive home the theme. So we're going to talk about if using our imagination to drive story make for a good game night. Is it for everyone? We're going to have a quick overview of Rosetta the Lost Language and Sacred Rites and how they tie in storytelling into gameplay. And if we could think of any funny stories from our time playing these games. Let's rock it, Matt.
1: So does using your imagination to drive a story make a good game night? What do you think, John?
0: I think, heck yeah. I mean, anytime that you can utilize a board game to drive these, I don't know, ideas out of your head to help push the, the game further along. I think it's just super interesting to me. A lot of board games that we play are just simple like put your worker here, grab a card, play a card, blah 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 blah. And like I don't know, the interactions that we have I don't want to say it's not fun, but when you're when you're using this storytelling element in the game where you're where you're trying to tell trying to tell something to move the game along I think just brings out just like some something a little bit more special I guess. Maybe like another side of someone you normally wouldn't see on your game night. I think it makes for an interesting dynamic especially especially with our group you know because we have such a, a wide range of personalities that I think this type of game really let those shine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. For my opinion, which is just my opinion, what is it? What is it, John? That you think of when you go to a typical game night at my house? Like, what is it? What do I think? Like, like, what does it look like? Like, paint a picture of it for our listeners.
0: Usually, I uh, get in my car in my driveway. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I throw I throw on some 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 good music, like some hard hard metal or yeah, something. You cry
1: a bit before you before cry a bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I drive the whole two minutes to your house. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right, but you speed most of the way. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, when I get to your house, you know, usually you have like the game night, the game set up. Mm-hmm. You teach it to us a little bit if we haven't learned it before. It Depends on who's there. Right. So you know, sometimes if like, are you normal group generally right now is like Bill, Novi, yourself, and and me, and we d- we just get into
1: it, and then depending on what type of game we're playing. So so like, what are the games normally like? Assume assume it's like me, you, Bill, Novi. Oh uh, yeah, we're usually playing
0: like either some sort of like worker place game or Yeah, we just play I don't know, man. We just play like a variety of stuff.
1: Yeah, we, we, we do play a variety, but a lot yeah, of times so it's time it's, t-
0: it's, t- it's tough to like pinpoint when you th- exactly. I guess what I'm
1: trying to say is when you think of like a typical like board game, you think of like something like strategy, right? Like everyone's sitting down, they're gonna play something with a lot of thinking or worker placement, or you gotta like set yeah. your moves. You know, you're always determining what the best moves are, right? Maybe a game where you have to protect an area using resources. Like those are the types of games I think that when you think of a board board game night that's what you think people are playing am i wrong right No, nope, you are correct yes and so <laughs> <laughs> i know i am <laughs> no. so these games i i feel like they involve a lot of logic a lot of strategy found in the mechanics of the game itself you have been given the system which has been like laid out which is usually me teaching everyone right so i lay out the system uh-huh. in front of you i, I give you your goal and then it's kind of up to everyone at the, at the table to kind of figure out how to manipulate this system so you or your team or whoever or everybody can win, right? Right. And so where my opinion comes in is that i believe that using your imagination to drive a story is a fun way to do something different during a game right. night, right? So so it moves away from this. There might be a win condition for any of these games, right? But the win condition is is more subjective. More a more subjective right. choice than the result of a system, meaning that you're using like creativity, right? There's no more strategy involved. Maybe it becomes about being funny or or pretending someone else or pretending you're someone else, or exploring a new world, or thinking a totally different way—you know—it's—it's it's way different than like analyzing a system and trying to be like efficient at it. Mm-hmm. Wow, I just that. Phew. Okay, I'm done. See you all later. <laughs> <laughs> Is that do you agree with me on that? On those points?
0: Yeah, like and and that's what I that's what I love about these types of games. Like they just they just unlock something different for me on, on game nights. You know, there's not a lot of games out there other than like RPG games that really take storytelling to you know, that type of level that I've been finding. So I think the two games that we're gonna talk about a little later on like really really bring like a something different to the table you know pun intended i guess but <laughs> that ju- that,
1: ju-
0: that, just- that just that just makes the game night a little bit better mm-hmm. in my opinion but just just to get away from those you know heavier games you know those really thinky games it's just something that's like hey let's just use our brain a little bit differently tonight and exercise it in a way that uh, will be fun for everybody yeah
1: let's get away from the an- analysis of a system right or analysis paralysis is, which could be a problem in those games but let's get away from that mm-hmm. let's do something that maybe your mind doesn't do often and you might kind of have a little bit of fun doing or you'll yeah. hate it <laughs> or you won't want to do it because <laughs> you're so analytical you don't want to do it <laughs> it totally happens too
0: do you think this game is for everyone do you think this type of game is for everyone uh,
1: yeah i you know it's tough right i think you need the right group i kind of said earlier like maybe an analysis person may have a harder time doing this but mm-hmm. really when you look at it you know here here's three things you really got to consider does your group want to sit around and be in their own thoughts because they may right. not, they may not want to be <laughs> right. They may want to just escape whatever thoughts are going through their mind. Cause that's, what's going to influence your creativity. Right. So they may just want mm-hmm. to escape that. So maybe they don't want to be in their own thoughts or maybe they do. Maybe they're like, oh, all I do all day is I sit in front of a computer and do analytical things. My mind, I need to be more creative with myself. Totally happens too. Right. Yep. Point two. Does the group want to be learning a new system? You know, that kind of goes back on the previous point, you know, do you want to do you want to sit there for half an hour and learn all about how this thing works? <laughs> <laughs> do you do you really want a deep dive into Twilight Imperium? <laughs> like, do you want to sit there trying to learn Twilight Imperium and then yes. play it for eight nope. hours? You know, or do you want it to be casual? You know, you have like a beer and you just want to like throw out funny funny jokes, right? And and that's kind of what these imagination things do. They let you be creative. They let you have the outlet to to be funny. And then the other thing is, how imaginative is your group? Because <laughs> if they're not, this thing is gonna go yeah. like oh, this thing is gonna be on fire. <laughs> fast, you know,
0: (laughs) (laughs) big old dumpster fire. Yeah. yeah. I think that's kind of like what I was going to, going to say, you know, just, I think I think it can be for everybody, but I think everyone has to be in the right mindset to play, especially if you want to take it, take the game seriously. Like these games can go either way, like be super serious and
1: or super hilarious. Right. Just as like a note, like Pictionary is kind of like one of these games. Right. Right. And it's a competitive game, but it could also be super funny, too, if you want to make it funny.
0: Yeah. And I think I think everyone should at least try it out because, you know, most board gamers that I know like role-playing games and i know they like storytelling elements so why not make it just like a lighter fun version and just have a a lighter game night that's just fun and then we're just having a grand old time like i i really enjoyed playing the two games that we're going to talk about you know we played one with our group and then one with your wife and i had a great time both times And, you know, for different reasons, I really, really, really enjoy just using a different part of my brain on game night, I guess, is
1: where where I'm excited about talking about this subject. I think like, you know, you probably work at work, you're probably not very creative, you're probably very analytical right and then and when you come sure we we play a lot of analytical games where you're learning a system so just a break like that's really nice and i know like you're probably more of a creative mind like you know you were an artist at one point you like drawing like you have a lot of that creativity so you probably want to exercise that more than you're allowed yep sir i know i know you (laughs) (laughs) so what are these two games that we're going to talk about all right so first i want to thank. before before you say that i lied i know what game is there go ahead (laughs) Ha <laughs> <laughs> So first
0: off, I want to thank Story Machine Games for sending us these two games to play and preview on our socials and stuff. We've had these games for a little while, but I don't think we actually featured them on our podcast before. But the first game they sent us about this time last year was Rosetta the Lost Language. And then they sent us another game called Sacred Rites. So Rosetta the Lost Language was designed by John Oneto and also the art by Michaela Don. In this game, players take on the role of experts who try to understand the written language Language of the author, another player who represents a lost individual, community, or civilization. The author assigns a meaning to an inscription that is written in a fictional script, and the experts must figure out what that meaning is. The experts choose a word as a guess, and the author translates it into the given script, informing their understanding of the written system. And players have 10 guesses to guess what the meaning is of the inscription before they use the game and there's different things that help along the way to give hints and stuff like that
1: but yeah i, I don't know what do you think about this game when we played it. map you know i when i first saw it i wasn't completely into it i'm gonna be very honest yeah. i looked at it and i'm like uh, i don't know is this for me like is this for our group like it's uh, sometimes it's tough to gauge right but then we actually started playing it i'm like wow this game's actually really good It is really good, and I kind of like thought was like, oh, this is kind of like a hidden gem. I'm actually surprised no one's talking about it, maybe because marketing budget on Story Machine Games, but I'm like, wow, this game actually has like, I can actually bring it out with a wide variety of people. We can bring it out, and we're having a lot of fun playing it, a lot of fun joking around, a lot of fun making fun of each other, (laughs) because it allows for those interactions, which is really clever.
0: Yeah, and so in this game, if I can describe it a little bit better, there's these beautifully drawn kind of like scenery cards and you have to draw your inspiration on what the transcript means from these beautiful illustrations and if i can talk about a little funny moment with ours our gameplay of this we played with bill and novi two of us decided to go pretty like serious with the game hmm. and then the other two went funny who who was was so so funny i think bill and i were actually serious and you and novi were f- trying to be funny with it mm. if i'm if i'm remembering correctly. no surprises there <laughs> I was actually Actually surprised Bill Bill went serious. Bill I, Bill's pretty competitive. Being honest, but what my memory of the game was Mike was the last person to go and he had like an underwater one underwater scenario or scene, sorry.
1: It looked like here let me paint it. It looked like Atlantis, like a like a sunken Atlantis with like statue with like a giant statue in the middle or something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think maybe a shark floating in there yes, somewhere. Yes. And, <laughs> and- <laughs> And his 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 clue was or his 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 meaning was shark fin soup.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, my. and like we just
0: were not getting it, and he was getting frustrated because we weren't getting his clues. What were we trying
1: to guess though? Do you remember?
0: Uh, probably everything but.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Cause it was all underwater, so we're probably saying like shark. We're probably saying like I don't know. If, oh yeah, yeah. I
1: don't. I don't. I don't
0: know. Uh, just underwater themed answers. Yeah. He's talking about shark fin soup.
1: <laughs> oh man. Like A underwater, under drowning. <laughs> <laughs> no man, no shark fin soup. Like oh my. Yeah, I do remember that moment. It was it was really funny, and I I think that's one of the moments where the game really. Actually, it's funny to say this, but the miscommunication is where the game really shined. Yeah, (laughs) because then you're like, oh, what are you trying to make us guess? This is (laughs) this is crazy. Well, oh, it's because he had to associate the picture with his card, and the card was like soup, right? Right, so that's why I became shark fin soup. So we're like, oh my, I don't yeah. know what he's talking about. <laughs> and and I like too, like oh, when you're oh, playing the game. And before you say it, we were we were doing that for like ten minutes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like everyone else was kind of quick. <laughs> we get to we get to that one. We're like ten minutes. Oh man!
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's cool about this game too is that you know there's blank cards. So if you get a if you're on the right path to the answer, the author draws kind of something from the inscription to tell you to help you move along your way. And I know. I, I just it's just a really it's just a cool fun game to play. Just simple. Yeah. And yeah. So I played and I played it with <laughs> another funny thing. I played with my wife. My wife. Mm-hmm. But that day I think we got in like a, uh, a fight Uh-oh. or an argument Uh-oh. or something. <laughs> so like we were just like we're not playing this to its full potential.
1: Oh, so it was like it was like a like <laughs> like an angry version of it almost. Yeah, yeah. Oh man.
0: And it was actually pretty fun. She actually reminded me that of that as I was writing this this the notes for this.
1: <laughs> Remember that day we had a really big fight? <laughs> Uh, ah, yeah. uh,
0: You wanted to play that game. <laughs> So yeah, Rosetta Lost Language by Story Machine Games. You know, check it out. It's a little hidden gem that we enjoyed enjoyed playing.
1: Yeah, I, d- I definitely I'm gonna be a hipster here, board game hipster. I'm definitely gonna say is a very good game that you should try out. Definitely give it yeah. a shot. It's very well made and it was a little ton of fun.
0: So yeah, the second game that they sent us, they sent us during our lockdown, so I wasn't able
1: to. We weren't able to get to get it
0: to the table as soon as I wanted it to. But it's a game called Sacred Rights, designed by Julia Corwer and John Oneto, and our Ar- by christina derrick in sacred Rites, players take the mantles of believers who privately are informed of the topic of a rite. so the catch some sometimes none of the believers are left out making them outsiders each believer then submits what they recall of the rite, such as chance time of day food for the feast or special shapes and you kind of have to be creative with it each believer has helped remember the right and then an accusation occurs. Can each believer point out an outsider? Can the outsider fake their way through it and guess the topic? In the end, only the most confident and creative and devout among the believers will be declared the winner and master of ceremonies of the sacred of rights.
1: So just before you go on, I'm just going to explain a little bit of the mechanics. Basically, you're going to have these cards in front of you and So, if you're a believer, you can see the right, sacred right card that's being passed around. You have like a window in your card. If you're a non believer or an An outsider. outsider, Sorry, you have a card that actually you cannot see the card at all. So it's like you have like a little envelope, you flip it in. You either have a window if you're a believer or you don't if you're an outsider. And then you have a card in front of you that says something, which John said shapes. It could be smells. It could be like color. It could be like motion. So you might get a card that says like water. And then you have the card in front of you that says motion. So as a believer, you'd see it in your envelope, and you'd be like, the motion Of the sacred rite, which is water that no one knows other than you, is I don't know, fluid.
0: (laughs) That's pretty obvious.
1: (laughs) Right. So, so you say it like that and then take the card or your envelope, put it face down, and you pass it to the next person. So, what comes up is when then if the person cannot actually read the card because he's an outsider, they have to like go on the previous clues. So, and then they, and then once everyone finishes, then you point out who you think an outsider is or not. And actually, everyone, you can have multiple outsiders or you could have zero outsiders in a game right
0: depending on how
1: many players you have yeah right
0: I think what's really funny is when I believe when we played we played with your wife <laughs>
1: we did and
0: I, I think I think I was it was like my was the first person to go and I was the outsider and I made I made something I don't know what I forget what the what the right was at all but I made something up and she kind of gave me like a weird look mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and she is like the sound of your Sega right is bullshit. no that
1: was me I said that <laughs> Oh did I'm you I am the one who said that. But I thought Sam said I, I that. I said yeah. that, but Sam looked at you, which inspired me to say that. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> because you're totally uh, did you, Were you were first? Were you first too?
0: I think I was first to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I like had to I had to make it up like
1: right off the bat. And that's and that's the the funny thing about the game is that if, yeah, if you have to make it up right off the bat, that is the hardest thing you could do in that game. Cuz you're like, yeah. I don't know, you just have to be as general as possible, but then everyone's like you're being way too general. <laughs> right although although you did do it one game you did actually start one of the games and you gave a hint and me and sam were believers and you were the outsider and we actually based on your hint we actually thought you were not the outsider i'm good like that sometimes yeah
0: (laughs) It was really good. And it wasn't
1: like too general either. I'm like, wow, that's amazing.
0: Yeah, and like uh, this game this game was like I wasn't sure what it was gonna be like when I first got it and I was like trying to really think like, hey, is this gonna be like really the right game for our group? And I think, yo, know, Bill and Novi might get a little kick out of it
1: oh dude they would love it you know what i actually yeah. i actually recommended this to some people at work who i know they like they like collecting big party games because this game could yeah. go up to like eight or nine people or something crazy and i actually loved it i'm like this game is like not only for us but it's for a large group of people like it is for like such like i'm sorry not a group but a large a range of tastes in board games You know, like a lot of people could really like this game. And I actually kind of sad because I'm like, I don't think people know about this game. We're hipsters. We're like hipsters, man. This game is really (laughs) like, like, I actually, like, like I said, I would, I'd recommend Rosetta, but I actually highly recommend this game. (laughs) <laughs> like, highly,
0: yeah. Like, I don't know. We played it, and I was just like, dang, this this game was a lot of fun because we were laughing like the entire time because, oh. like, the rights that we were coming up with were just like absolutely ridiculous. Oh my god, yeah.
1: And, and, it, the, and, and the better, time. the better, and the best part is like, you know, once you yeah. do a round, you know how to do, you know, how the game works. So, every round, like, got better and better as the game went on because we we started realizing what the mechanics were. It was just so much fun by the last round. In fact, I didn't really want it to end. I wanted to keep going, but Sam wanted to go to sleep.
0: <laughs> awesome. So thanks again to Story Machine Games for sending us these two games. They also sent us another game, Danger Park, but that doesn't have the storytelling element in that game. Which, But it was still a fun game to play.
1: Right, and we'll have a Twitch stream on that in April 2021. Nice. Awesome. That's Well, hold on. We got to we got to conclude this yeah let's conclude (laughs) we need a conclusion here right podcasting 101 told us line 48 in podcasting for dummies that we need to have a conclusion to all our podcasts and so we want to get better so that's what we're gonna do (laughs) (laughs) well i guess before we get to our conclusion what other games have similar aspects that use imagination during gameplay can you think of any off the top of your head the only ones that come to mind
0: are like D and D Pathfinder. Oh, those are heavy. I know. Those are heavy. And then maybe some like party games, maybe like you know, maybe something like social deduction games like Werewolf mm. or Blood in the Clock Tower. Yeah, those you gotta uh, act. Blood in the Clock Tower, not really. I, I feel
1: I feel like there's like a logic aspect to it. I actually I actually wrote down a couple. Yeah. Trial by trolley gives you a little bit of imagination. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually I was actually thinking that too.
1: Yeah, cuz that's a real that's a really good one cuz you're you're constantly trying to like convince the other people using what information you have on the table. So that's really good. Mm-hmm. And then and then Mysterium is a really good one. And then did you play Gloom with us? I don't know if you ever played Gloom. No, I haven't played it. So that game is really cool. It's it's older, I'm sure our listeners probably know about it, but simply you have like these cards and you place like everyone has characters and you place A card on the character and you kind of tell a story as you place the card that's cool yeah actually we played it we played it with our group it didn't go over well (laughs) because i don't know if people just weren't into like use being creative that night or something it's kind of kind of sad okay so those are a couple recommendations so okay here's here's a conclusion you ready for it why would you want imagination in your game night?
0: Oh yeah, for me, just to stop. Okay, I'm gonna get
1: a little, maybe a little deep. Yeah, out here. yeah. I want to hear you. I'm gonna let's hold on. I gotta pull out my notebook. Cra- I'm starting to crack my knuckles. I gotta like no. uh, write down John. Deep go.
0: No, I think when you're using your imagination at game night, like I said before, it I th- I think it unlocks something different that normally would come to your table. So if you take our dynamic for instance, in our our board game group, especially between like, you know, Mike and Bill, you know, really good friends, but they know how to get on each other's nerves. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, that does often, you know, hinder our, our game night a little bit. I think with these types of games, it kind of maybe eliminates that a little bit because you're not, it's not there. It's not a competitive thing. Oh, it takes the tension away right take some tension away yeah it makes the makes the game night just sort of light and airy and like and you just see like a different side of people and you know everyone's laughing and having a good time the entire night so i think that's why i think i like these games so much uh, when we played them because it was just like a, i saw a different side of everybody and you know I'll, any game that we get to play with your wife is fun as well
1: yeah i i think it attracts a different group of people like my wife. Yep. My wife really likes playing those games. I feel like when we have a party, I could get more people to play those games than I can any other of the strategy games. Where you're like, okay, here, everyone sit down. You're going to learn the system for half an hour. No one wants to do that, right?
0: <laughs> right. So
1: I think these games kind of, not that all of them have that. I mean, like, for instance, Dixit's kind of a it's a mashup of like a thinker slash party, right? But it gets, it gets people who are not necessarily care about analyzing systems to play board games. And I think that that breaks a mold on the stereotypical board gamer. Yeah, we just got deep there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And And I do agree with your point, though, like for Bill and Novia, it breaks the tension. and it kind of like when it gets everyone laughing and kind of making fun of each other for fun, it's a better atmosphere, more more acceptable and enjoyable environment, to be honest. I agree. So there you go. There's a resolution bringing yeah. in everybody. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, you know, storytelling of board games that isn't an RPG, I think, is something really cool and interesting that you don't see in every board game. So thanks again to Story Machine Games for sending us those couple games to play. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please follow us on your favorite streaming platform. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want us to feature a game or if you have a game you'd like for us to feature, email us at info at Friday night don't forget to check out our socials, Instagram at Friday night Games underscore official, Twitter or Twitch at FridayNightGMS, our website, FridayNight.Games, and you can search for us on YouTube. All right. And remember, we're Matt and John, and it's Friday night, so let's have some fun.